All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a, a part of the program. I'm, I'm not sure what it is or why it is or, I mean, we have a long list of embellished, well, it's not really even embellishment, just outright lies, stories that Joe Biden keeps peddling, you know, so we put a little montage together of it. Uh, we'll get reaction from our friend uh, Congressman Jim Jordan in just a minute as we uh, as we start our second hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. And Ange walks up to me and goes, Joey, baby, grabs my cheek. And I thought the Secret Service was going to blow his head off. I said, I swear to God, true story. He said, Joey, I read in the paper, I read in the paper, you travel 1,000 to 1,200,000 miles on Air Force planes because they keep meticulous tabs of it. So the boys and I figured out the retirement dinner. He said, you travel 2 million, I think it was 180, but 2,200,000 miles. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. And we changed attitudes. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. Public services depend on it. School buses, wastewater trucks, cross it every day. It's essential to Woodstock Fire Station about a quarter of a mile away. Without this bridge, as I said earlier, it's a 10-mile detour just to get to the other side. And I know haven't had a house burned down with my wife in it. She got out safely, God willing. Oh, okay. Not one of those stories is true. And then, of course, we have the the plagiarism plagiarism of Joe Biden from from years ago. I mean, bragging on the civil rights bill is a little ironic, considering he's the guy that praised the former Klansman and partnered with the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd, to stop the integration of public schools and and stop busing because he didn't want public schools to become, in his words, racial jungles. Uh, yet the mob, the media, of course, they never hold him accountable. Only conservatives and Republicans can be called racist. Anyway, our good friend, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan is back. Uh, he's got a new book. Do what you said you would do. Fight for freedom in the swamp. It's now on Hannity.com, Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. Now, the great thing is this is an insider's look on how to win you want to win and you make promises keep your promises like mitch mcconnell shouldn't be telling us he's not going to help democrats raise the debt ceiling for two months two months and then change his mind uh republicans should not have been helping uh pass the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill because democrats are not allowing them to be a part of any of the process and then the lies behind all of it well, $3.5 trillion, $1.75 trillion won't cost you a, a, a single penny. Not one red cent is it going to cost you at all. The CBO is the gold standard until it comes back and shows that they're lying, that it won't cost zero. Uh, it's going to cost $367 billion uh, in, in new debt for your kids and grandkids. Uh, by the way, this bill will make its way back to the House in all likelihood, assuming there'll be changes in the Senate. And the squad is threatening to uh, go against that bill. 
Uh, Jim Jordan joins us, sir. Congrats on the book. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Sean, thank you. And thank you for doing what you said you would do, fighting for the Constitution, for freedom, and and the values that make our country great. So uh, it's good to be with you. When you were playing that clip of uh, all those, the montage of of Biden, I thought, you know, there's a reason 71% of our fellow citizens thinks we're on the wrong track. It's not just the stupid policies of Joe Biden. It's the fact that he's not square with them when he says things. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's almost embarrassing that the commander in chief behaves the way this guy does. And no, I I have so some favorites. So you know, Joe Biden's repeating repeatedly saying, Kamala repeatedly saying, Jen Psaki repeatedly saying that. Oh no, no, build back better, new green deal socialism will cost zero zero. Joe whispers <laughs> zero zero. Okay, now it costs a fortune. My other favorite is oh, uh, we don't need to test uh, illegal immigrants for COVID because they're not going to be here very long. Uh, no, they're not going to be where they are for very long because they're going to be put on an airplane and dispersed to the rest of the country without a vaccine mandate and preferential treatment. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. He also said that spending trillions of dollars was going to help inflation. I'm like, what? there's not a rational person, a logical, there's not a sane person on the planet. Who believes that? I mean, we're at a 31-year high in inflation, and, oh, spending $2 trillion or whatever this thing's going to be uh, is going to help inflation. Like, uh, I mean, he just says things that are ridiculous. But the good news is the American people see through it. You know, he's at 38%. Kamala's at 28% approval rating. I don't know in, in my time of following polling that I've ever seen a president and vice president with those that, you know numbers that low. And then, again, when 71%, I said the other day, I want to meet the 29% who think we're on the right track, for goodness sake. Uh, there, there's not one thing these people have done right. So who are the folks who actually think we're on the right track? I, I, I got to meet these folks because there's not one thing that's went well for, uh, for the country under the leadership of Democrats controlling all the federal government. So what do you think the odds are, likelihood is, that this gets sent back to the House uh, after Manchin and Cinema get a hold of it? Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't. I mean, I, I hope that Senator uh, Senator Sinema and Manchin hold firm. And frankly, there was a good piece in the journal talking about what about some of these other, you know, not so radical senators? I mean, all the, the left controls the Democrat Party, but there's some who aren't so radical who, frankly, are up for reelection in, in, you know, 12 months. What are they doing? They've been kind of quiet. What are they really thinking when they see a 71 percent wrong track polling number, when they see a 38 percent approval number for Joe Biden, when they look at the fact that, you know, we went from a secure border to chaos, energy independence to President Biden begging OPEC to increase production and on and on we could go. When they look at all that, they might be thinking, ah, maybe not. So I'm still hopeful. And plus what, what we've seen, Sean, with, with parents standing up at school board meetings, Glenn Youngkin going to be the next governor uh, of, of Virginia with 12, uh, 12 courageous people who did the right thing in Kenosha, Wisconsin on that jury. I mean, I think suddenly there is a different mood, a, a change happening now. Um, so I'm hopeful that this thing still may not pass. Now, if it does and they change it and it comes back to the House, we'll deal with it then. But I'm hoping somehow it doesn't get through the Senate. So Biden is out there saying and blaming businesses for the inflation and higher prices, uh, I would I, I would blame his economic policies. Yeah. And very specifically, the people that are disproportionately, negatively, financially impacted by his energy policies are the people that can least afford it, and that's the poor yeah. and the middle class. If you're paying yeah. a buck yeah. fifty more a gallon to fill up your tank, that's what, twenty five, thirty bucks, whatever it happens to be, depending on how big your gas tank is. You know, five hundred to a thousand bucks more to heat your home in the winter and cool your home in the summer. Um, and then you add to that every single thing, every item we buy costs more because it costs more yeah. to get it to the store. Yep. 
No, you want to buy a home, it's going to cost more. You want to rent an apartment, it's going to cost more. You want to heat your home, it's going to cost more. You want to put gas in your tank, it's going to cost more. Food on the table is going to cost more. Christmas presents, going to everything is going to cost more. Is costing more. It hurts middle class families. But this is this is the crazy economic. And remember their basic plan. Their basic plan all along was lock down the economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work. And now they're getting ready to raise taxes for those who have been working. Such a deal for working class, middle class families. So. That's what they're up to. And, and I think it could potentially get worse because now that the Biden administration is, is saying that, oh, we're going to look at these businesses, we think they're gouging and increasing prices, energy companies. I think they're toying with, with price controls, which is scary because we know what happens if you do that on top of what they've already done. You talk We've already about, tried this once. Bad yeah, idea. It's a terrible idea. You, you talk about supply chains and weights and scarcity and then higher prices and then it's just a downward spiral it gets into. Um, I hope they're not going there, but that's typically how the left operates. And let's, let's hope it's, let's hope it's not the case. So you got this, this intramural, you know, cold war among the Democrats, but also between Joe and Kamala. You've got the yeah. progressive caucus or the squad. Uh, they're saying that if they cut a penny out of what is now, I guess, agreed to what was passed in the House last week, that, in fact, they, they're likely to oppose it. Then you've got all these stories that, you know, Democrats are in a full state of panic because Joe Biden, is, even though he's talking about running again in 2024, I don't even know if he can. I, I can't even see this guy surviving another three years because right. right. he's such a cognitive mess and, and weak and frail as any politician I've ever seen. Um, then you got the disaster, which is Kamala Harris. I mean, she hires a PR team. She fires a communications director. She makes a movie with child actors that ends up blowing up in her face. She's done nothing for the border. She does. She embarrasses herself abroad with a phony French accent. I don't think there's any rehabilitation here efforts that are going to work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to see how there is. Uh, I think we're going to win next year. I do think when you look at the Democrat Party, though, that, you know, there's these battles and squabbles that go on. But let's be honest, the left controls the party. I mean, the left got everything they wanted in the House of Representatives. They got that that first infrastructure bill. They got all the spending they wanted in the second bill. The left runs that party. And that's what's so frightening to me, because it's not just the left that controls the spending and all the stuff that's leading to this record inflation. It's the left using government, weaponizing government to come after people they disagree with. It's the left's attack on the First Amendment. I mean, we all know now, Sean, we live in a world today where, where the left says, if you don't agree with me, you're not allowed to talk. And if you try to speak, we're going to call you a racist, we're going to call you names, and we're going to try to cancel you. And we're even going to stick the FBI on parents and put a terrorist tag on their name. I mean, that is frightening stuff. So uh, there's squabbles going on over there, but we should all understand it's controlled. The Democrat Party is controlled by the radical left who are out to weaponize government and fundamentally change the country. And that's why... What you do every day is so darn important. What we all do to speak out against this is just critically important. Quick break. More with Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. has a terrific new book. It's just out today. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Do what you said you would do. Fighting for freedom in the swamp. Good advice, political advice for everybody. Some Republicans really need to read it. We continue with Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. He has his new book out today. It's on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Do what you said you would do. 
fighting for freedom in the swamp. It's now out today. I know I'm a broken record, but I can describe what conservatism means to me in less than a minute. And that is the party of freedom and liberty, capitalism, our constitution, limited government, less regulation, lower taxes, school choice, law and order, free market solutions for health care, constitutionalists on the bench, energy independence, legal immigration, but bring back the Trump policy, stay in Mexico, build the wall, etc., free and fair trade, uh, and I'd add to that peace through strength. What am I missing? Because yep. your book, no. Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp, if Republicans did that and just stood yep. for that, I think yep. they can, they'd have the biggest electoral victory in 2022 than they ever yep. ever imagined. Stand for that, and then when you get in office, when the voters give you a privilege to serve, and I talk about this in our book, uh, I, I write, you know, only about 12,000 people over the history of this great country, the greatest nation ever, only about 12,000 had the opportunity to serve in the United States Congress. If you get that chance, that privilege to represent folks back home, do what you said you would do. And no one did that more. Those things you just outlined, no one fought for those more, did more what he said he would do than President Trump. And I write a lot about President Trump in the, in the, in the I feel privileged, the interactions I got to have with him in the Oval Office, in the White House, working with him. Talk a lot about that, and I write a lot about uh, the investigation. He, he had the ba- he gave the Republican Party a spine and a backbone. Yeah, because he fought. Yes, now he my did. question oh. is, why do you think from day one he's been hated with a passion that I've never seen before? Yeah, because he came to that town to change it. He came there to fight for working class, middle class, all Americans, for our military, our veterans, our law enforcement. He came there to do what he said he would uh, do. And truly, I mean, we, we think it's a slogan, but it's the greatest slogan ever. And it's, it's the truth to make America great again, to stand up for America, not that that town that is all about, you know, the establishment and the swamp and all about the same old, same old. He came there to change it and says, no, we don't need to do it this way. We need to do it the American way, put American interests first in foreign policy and domestic policy across the board. And that got everyone nervous. And yet, in spite of every Democrat being against him, everyone in the mainstream press being against him, everyone in the bureaucracy being against him, and a bunch of Republicans being against him, he got more done than any person, any president in our lifetime. That's what I, that, that's why I want him to run again, Sean. I really do. I, I want him to run. I think he's going to, and I think he's going to win. I think he is, too. Um, I wanted you to run for the Senate in Ohio. I wouldn't take my suggestion. Uh, you rejected both me and Mark Meadows. We've forgiven you for it, but... I'm still going to remind you of it on a regular basis. Listen, I was very impressed with the book. And if people, if the Republican Party wants to win, they need to follow the instructions you lay out here. Do what you said you would do. Fight for freedom in the swamp. Don't fight for your reelection. Don't fight for the next election. Don't fight for the for the right to be called congressman or senator. Do it because you want to serve. Be a public servant. That's how I view it. Uh, Very well done. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere now, just released today. Uh, Jim Jordan, we appreciate you being with us, and we have a link up on our website right now. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Take care. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. got more behind-the-scenes information, more contacts than anybody, more friends behind the curtain. Sean Hannity is on. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We're just talking in the break about 
you know, five people dead, 40 hurt, uh, including 12 kids uh, after this guy with a long criminal record, uh, you know, the, the the carnage is unbelievable in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And then, you know, here we go again. We find out, oh, this guy has a rap sheet a mile long. Um, just more recently uh, charged with resisting an officer, bail, bailing on his uh, bail jumping, second degree recklessly endangering the safety with domestic assessments, as well as disorderly conduct battery, posted a $1,000 bond, uh, just a couple of days before this attack. But we're being told it's not an incident of terror. Turns out he's a big Trump hater. If it was a Trump lover, God knows that would be the story. Um, I don't blame his politics. I blame just the evil that is in his heart that can do this to innocent people. Um, it, it, the carnage, it just is is heartbreaking. Linda, you are, you're very upset about it. You know, I really am, and, and I was reading about you know, the kids that are hurt, you know, I take, there's a lot you can take, right? But you can't hurt kids. You just can't. When you start hurting kids, you make decisions that are kids are affected. I mean, there's three sets of siblings that are in the, in the children's intensive care unit. Like these parents are beside themselves. And this guy has a rap sheet longer than my arm and they let him out on a thousand bucks. Like, are you I, kidding just, me? It, it, it's incomprehensible to me. But you know what? This is what defund, dismantle the police is. This is what it looks like. This this is what you get. No bail laws, which Joe Biden is now supporting nationally. It hasn't worked out well in New York. I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you from what I see happening in New York. The statistics don't lie. Murders way up. Crime way up. You know, look at the disaster that's. That represents many cities. Well, as long as you don't steal a thousand dollars worth of merchandise, um, it's okay. They're going to let you walk right out of the store, and they're not going to charge you. you know, I, I just, for the life of me, and this is what angers me. Okay, we've condemned what happened on January six. People are being held accountable. What about the five hundred and thirty-four riots that killed dozens of Americans, injured thousands of cops, and destroyed billions of dollars? Of, of property between theft and arson. Where, where, where's that commission? Where, where's that committee, Liz Cheney? Uh, and, and, and it tells me that, I guess, what, Washington only cares about one riot, the one that impacts them, not the riots that impact the you know all these other communities, all these other states, all these other cities. You know, as they sat there in pure denial and, and told us what we knew was not true, that these were mostly peaceful protests? No, they weren't. You don't have thousands of cops injured, and you don't sit there night after night and watching the looting and arson and city blocks being taken over and the, and the bricks and the rocks and the bottles and Molotov cocktails and lie to me like that. Where's you know, that Sean, it's funny. On Friday night, I was watching your show, and um, I was watching Brian Yannis, and he's in front of the people that are blocking the Brooklyn Tunnel. Right. And they were there for over an hour. That's, it's a federal actually, offense. I think it was the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Brooklyn Bridge. or and, But there was another tunnel that they were also blocking. They were on the Brooklyn Bridge. And they were blocking traffic there. And it had been for over an hour. And the police are standing there. It's a federal offense to block a roadway. Because people need to get through for emergencies. You know, there's a pregnant person trying to get to the delivery unit. There's a sick person having a heart attack. And there's all of these people that are standing there and they don't know what they're standing there for. They don't. If you ask them, what is the case about? What happened during the courtroom? I'm sure there's exceptions to that rule, but the rule is what it is. And no, they don't know what the details happens of the case. is 
they they are being fed lies and it's they're being fed these lies on a regular basis Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. There's no evidence that ever emerged since this incident with Kyle Rittenhouse that showed in any way he was a white supremacist. The facts, the evidence in the case were overwhelming and incontrovertible. That's why the the verdict was what it was. But the rush to judgment, you know, the things that are said on TV, the sound bites and where people get their news from, they don't get the truth. And they don't even care about the truth, Sean. Well, they don't even ma- care. In many cases, they don't. I mean, this NBC leading the charge in spreading oh, it's lies. Disgusting. What was th- it's four disgusting. years of Russia Trump, you know, collusion lies? You know, what what was it in Ferguson? What was it in Baltimore? What was it with Duke Lacrosse? It never ends. The but you know what makes me more angry, Sean? No, it's not so much that they. It makes me more angry than what they're already doing. Is they never correct the record. Ever. They never come back and say, I'm very sorry, we gave you misinformation, this was this. It never happens. Not once. Not one time. And You're I think right. that's the biggest problem that I have. I, I don't care if you say something wrong and you made a mistake or you, you misjudged. We're human. It happens. But when you egregiously do it time after time and you never come back and say, I was wrong, you this mean was like the on case, the these dossier? were the facts. Yeah, exactly, uh, Sean. And, and Where was the, the way, news on that? And And even the way the Washington Post did it was not... It was not done correctly, but at least they tried a little. Nobody else, you know, is anyone ever going to hold every other network, every other fake news cable channel? Uh, The New York Times, will they give back these prized Pulitzers? Anyway, Andy's in Florida. Andy, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean. In addition to the great points you're making about uh, about media coverage, I just want to say that that the if you look at the disproportionate coverage of this type of event, where potentially a person of color has has driven through a crowd of predominantly white folks, I mean, it, it's crazy the disproportionate reaction both on television in terms of the number of times you see it spoken about, and then especially from the opinion piece. I mean. If the roles were reversed here, the outcry would be absolutely beyond the pale. By the way, met you in Jacksonville at the Davis Cup uh, a few years ago, and you were so kind to my, my family and I, and for some of your stature to take the time to speak to us, really appreciate it. Appreciate listen, it. I, don't, I don't have a job except for people like you that listen. I'm very appreciative to you, so um, and I'm grateful. And this is Thanksgiving week, uh, and I'm going to be taking a few days off like many of you, and spending time with family and friends and um i wish you the best and i'm even going to fry my turkey anyway 800-941-SEAN is our number you want to be a part of the program thank you andy uh ron is in south carolina what's up ron how are you glad you called hey sean happy thanksgiving to you and linda and the staff um wish happy the thanksgiving best. yes sir just want to let you know it's been a while since i've heard anybody say it. you are a great american sir Oh, and, thank um, you. So are you. A long time. And uh, just two quick comments. First of all, the Rittenhouse um, verdict. I think that was a great win for Second Amendment uh, folks and uh, concealed weapon permit carriers such as ourselves. I know you have yours. I have mine. My wife has hers. You know, we always taught that um, that our weapons are for defense only, and that was clearly thanks to the video and the testimony, open and shut. A defensive scenario, and uh, we're praying for everybody involved in Wisconsin. I know you've always been a proponent of not making knee-jerk reactions, and um, just would like to get your thoughts on this as far as we go forward from here. What do Listen, you, what you know what you the project? real truth is? As somebody that has had 
a license to carry in New York, a license to carry in Rhode Island, a license to carry in California, Alabama, and Georgia. And I've, I've, I've carried a firearm most of my adult life. And the, the, the interesting part of that is, is I'll run away from trouble. I'll look like a coward. I know I'm going to win. And even if it's, if I'm not carrying, the odds are pretty much in my favor after nine years of training situational self-defense. Uh, odds are pretty good that I'm going to handle myself pretty well because that's what we do. We repeat it every single day. And but I but I would run away. Maybe look maybe look like no. I just don't ever want to have to hurt anybody. That's how I feel. And um, I've had situations where people get very aggressive with me. And I literally will put a hand out and say, just give me some space, please. Don't make me hurt you. I've actually used those words. Linda, you've heard me use those words. Please, I do not want a confrontation with you. Um, I do. I will, I will, I will leave. You, you, you do what you want to do. And it's funny just saying that to somebody makes them pause. They think you're nuts. Um, but I, I do it because it's a passion. But I would... It, you never pull out a firearm unless you really feel you're going to use it, ever. And it is a big responsibility, and in all my adult life, I've never had to pull it out, thank God. I never would want to. I wouldn't want that on my conscience. I love the fact that this, I, I love this company I've, uh, that I found, and I'm a customer, uh, called Burner, B-Y-R-N-A, and they shoot projectiles that have tear gas and, and two separate pepper sprays. You can hit somebody from a pretty pretty good distance i can i can nail somebody at 40 feet every time and i can't even see anymore uh and it's very accurate and you see the them you can look at their website burner byrna.com i think is what the website is and you could see that it incapacitates people but for cops it would be a good second option at a distance in other words most most pistol encounters are up close if somebody's at a distance and you sense something bad's about to go down, if you hit them with the projectile, it's going to be uncomfortable for them, but you're not going to kill them. They're, you know, they'll they'll be incapacitated in as much as the tear gas, the pepper spray. They're not going to be able to see very well, and they're going to be in a little bit of pain, but it's not permanent. And it's uh, it's just a, another layer of protection short of the one option that that people have and cops have in particular. Do you like that idea? I think we lost them. Quick break, right back. More of your phone calls coming up. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, back to our busy phones. Uh, Angelo's in New York. What's up, Angelo? Hey, Sean, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, thank you. Yeah, what I was calling about real quick is, you know, I get irritated when I hear our president and, and most of these politicians up in Washington constantly lie about his policies and his administration and everything that he's doing will not raise taxes for anybody making under $400,000. It's just an outright lie, and I think it should just be plain English tell everybody it's an outright lie because everything you have to pay for is costing more. Therefore, you have no – you have less – disposable income so you are being taxed more i don't care what income bracket right. you're in there, there, there's you three there's three more. categories here one we're paying more because of the inflation he caused two we're all paying more uh to fill our gas tanks heat and cooler homes 
Three, every item we're buying buying costs more. Four, you know, oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna tax those evil corporations. They're not gonna take the tax increase. They're gonna pass the cost on us also. That's another lie. I know. And then when they say yeah, we're gonna our our plan is gonna be paid for because of the uh, what do you yeah. say forty billion dollar companies not paying billions in taxes. Doesn't he understand it's the tax laws? They're following the tax laws because they got these high priced tax accountants. That's their job. That's what they do. They're not going to pay more in tax, so you're not going to fund it. So where the CBO says you're paying $367 billion more, it's going to be much higher than that with his plan. And it's, no. just, it's just so irritating. It, it's Why irritating. It's a lie. We're already paying. Listen, inflation is it is hurting the people that Democrats claim to, to love the most. Poor and middle class Americans are getting clobbered. You know, the, even the cost of Thanksgiving is the most expensive it's ever been. The cost of Christmas is going to be the most expensive. Christmas trees, the highest prices you've ever paid. Um, all of these little things add up. If somebody is on, and I've I've lived paycheck to paycheck for a significant period of my life as an early adult, it's not fun. You know, but when you're struggling to pay rent and a car payment or whatever you're paying, and utilities and insurance and all the things that you need, you you can't afford another twenty five bucks every time you fill up your car. You know there are going to be people. By the way, I read this weekend, people are buying more wood to heat their homes than in past years as a means of lowering the cost of heating their homes. I mean, you're gonna have families literally sleeping next to the fire at night. Because it costs too much for a family, they cannot afford to heat their home. All of this is preventable, which is the worst part of it all. I'll give you the last word. No, and I, and I agree with you. I just would say if the media could just put it in as plain English as they can, so any listener hears, what you're hearing from Washington is not true. You are paying more. You will pay more. Look at the grocery store bill. Look at your heating bill. You can't emphasize it enough, but people... You know, By the way, do you, do you really think that the mob and the media is capable of telling the truth like that? I mean, they, they'll touch the surface of it, but they're not really bringing home the message. If this was happening under Donald Trump, I promise you, you'd hear a lot more from them. I agree with you, I agree with you Tom. Sure. All right, my friend. God bless. Appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. <laughs> 